What up, podcast people? This is Brandon and Powers. What's up? We are back in the podcast studio. <laughs> Powers wanted me to say it just like that for you guys. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> so we are back in the studio today to come talk to you guys a little bit about grace today. Um, so we've been kind of looking through some questions, things to talk to you about. We're excited to have this conversation. Um, but the one thing that I want to say before we get into it is I hope you guys are staying cool this week. Oh, man, it's supposed to be hot. Lord have tamale. mercy. Lord have mercy. It's going to be rough. I think I think, I think one day is supposed to be like 100, and the heat index is like 115 to 120, right? Yeah, today is supposed to be 96. Like, Ugh. it is insane yeah. how hot it is these past few weeks. Like last week was a nice crisp mid eighties. Oh, dude, I was like, those sixty, those mornings that it was sixty degrees in the morning, dude. Yeah, it was <laughs> wonderful. It made me want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, but now it's like, oh boy, it's almost eighty when you walk out the house. Yes, <laughs> so, I've had the doors and the top off of the Jeep all week, and I'm not putting them on. Oh yeah, it was my first time to ever ride in a vehicle like that. It's a it's scary. It's a new experience. Got to be a real man to ride. No in Jeep. doors on there, man. <laughs> Crazy, so but we love it. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's I think it's fun. It's it's a whole new. It's like I'm riding in a golf cart on the road, going seventy miles an hour. <laughs> Seriously, but it's a lot of fun. Anyway, so we can get in this conversation about grace. Mike talked about grace that changes on Sunday, and so we just kind of want to talk about grace a little bit and um, how we come to understand that. And so the first thing that I, I want to think about or want us to discuss when we talk about this is what exactly is grace. And so my understanding of it's always come from this very short saying that it talks about grace and mercy. Is Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve, and mercy is God keeping you from what you do. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's how I've always kind of come to understand it. How, what do you... Yeah, I had a guy um, in... I was in college, and I was listening to him preach, and uh, he described grace. He defined grace in this way, and I, it's always stuck with me. Grace is an unbelievable gift from an unobligated giver. And I don't know if he coined that or if he stole that from somebody. I don't know. But grace is an unbelievable gift from an unobligated giver. You know, God doesn't owe us anything. Yeah. The two things in that are that the words that stick out to me are gift and unobligated. Mm -hmm. And so both of those things come from the heart and desire of the person who give the gift, right? Yeah. And so grace is a gift in itself that we did nothing to earn it. It's out of God's good pleasure and his plan to give it to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not coerced by anything that we have done. Yeah. He, it's not like he's like, ooh, you you did this for me. Or he doesn't look down these quarters of time and go, hey, I see that you're actually going to do this for me, so I'll give you grace. You know, that's not the way God's grace works. And we see that from Jacob and Esau, I think, mm-hmm. is a good picture of that. Before either had done anything, God chose Jacob mm-hmm. over Esau. Yeah. You know? We see that grace working out um, in that story in the scripture. Yeah, it's this unearned and undeserving thing that God just gives. Mm-hmm. Not based on like what you're saying on any kind of merit or any work that I do or any words that I say or how good I preach or how good you lead worship or how good we do a podcast or whatever. It's it's God's grace is not dependent on us. That's right. It only hinges on his plan. That's right. And so it's it's a really cool thing to think about that way because 
you can kind of put a bunch of things under the label of grace. Yeah. Like yeah. for the the example, like Christ's death is grace to us. God's love towards us is grace. His forgiveness, grace. Our mm-hmm. the breath in our lungs, grace. Our homes, grace. All of these things that we have, and so many different things I can put there, really is a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. It it really is grace from Him. Yeah, and like if we have this mindset of, you know anything we have is something that we've merited in his eyes. Um, the only thing the scripture ever says that we merit from God is death because of our sin. Mm. You know, Romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So like, you know, if we get into this idea of like, I, if you, got, you know, God's got to look at what I did and all this good that I've done. And, you know, when I'm, I've got to, I've got to, I got something worked out with God. And when I get done, you know, when I die, God's going to look at that and go, okay, I'll let you in, my good. No, no, like that's not the way salvation works. That's not the way God views us. The way God views us is you are dead. I'm going to make you alive and now work in you to do that, which I want you to do. Yeah. And have for you to do. Yeah. You know, I would say that grace is God's vehicle for salvation. Yeah. That's that's a really good way to put it. Is well, f- grace working through faith. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's what comes to us and picks that's us right. up, and we got to get in the car. That's right. Like a, a dead man can't reach his hand out of the grave. That's like right. somebody's got to grab him and pull him up out of there. Mm-hmm. And so grace is God's vehicle for salvation by grace through faith. That's right. We've been saved. Um, and so when I think about that, all I can think about is the fact that salvation is. Grace, and I know I just said that, but I'm saying it again. Salvation is grace, mm-hmm. and the moment that we think we've made it on our own is the moment that we have a misunderstanding. Uh, I tell, I try to teach students, and I got this from a guy that I listen to podcasts. I'm a pastor in Waco, Texas, and he he uses this to do outreach to people. He asks people, um, if you were to stand in front of God today, and it's at the end of your life, your life's over, and you're standing in front of God, and he say, hey, why should, I, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And if your answer is anything other than Jesus, then you're missing the boat. Yeah, if your answer starts in the first person, you don't understand. Like, if if you were to say, well, I did, or well, I have, or well, I, it's, it's not going to be a sufficient answer. The only sufficient answer is Christ. Yeah, because of him. And so... The, what I want to say that what is grace is that Jesus is grace personified. Yeah. And so many different other attributes there. Grace, God is not only grace, but God is grace. Yeah. And Christ fits that mold. Yeah. And I think, too, like we have to not have an unhealthy view of humanity. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is usually when you think of unhealthy view, it means like you can't think too bad about humanity. Well, truth be told... We need to have a view of humanity that we are so stricken in sin and so dead in our sins and trespasses. Like, we are not worthy of God to give us grace. We are not worthy of God. And I think that something that we've kind of lost in our day in, in the way that we talk about sin is, well, we've just made some mistakes. You know, that that is not a good view of truly the condition of man, that no, we have sinned against God who is holy. And I think that, you know, the default position, according to the scripture of man, is that we are dead in our sins and trespasses. And if we think too highly of ourselves, then we'll start to think too lowly of grace. 
You know what I mean? Like we'll start to pull grace down to a level that it's not meant to be because yeah. if it's a free gift, like if I am not worthy of this and God has come to me while I was yet a sinner, the Bible paints us as an enemy of God in Ephesians 2. And so if I am an enemy of God and God comes into my camp and rescues me and pours his grace upon me, but I think really highly of the gift that God's given me, right? Yeah, the deeper the debt, the greater the gift. Absolutely. So like if we downplay our sinfulness and the and the nature of man, then we will downplay Christ. Another way I've and his grace, another way that someone's told it to me before is this. If your sin is hypothetical to you, that it's actually outside of you and not in you, then Jesus will be hypothetical to you. You won't mm. think you really need him. Yeah. And so, you know, grace is an unbelievable gift. He's coming to our camp. God has saved us where we were. I didn't inch towards him. He came all the way to me and grabbed me. There, I know I'm talking a lot, but, dude, there's an old hymn. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with some of the premises in the hymn. It says, uh, you know, this old song, Love Lifted Me, okay? It says, like, you were basically you were in the ocean. You were kind of treading, and you were, you were fighting. I can't remember the exact words of it now that I'm trying to talk about it. But... Um, it's not that we were like treading on the water. No, we were like down in this water, this sinfulness pit, and God had to come down and get us out of it. I wasn't holding myself barely with my nose above the water, still breathing. No, God, had, I was dead, and God had to save me from that pit. Yeah. And uh, so it makes grace such an unbelievable gift when we know the depth and depravity of our hearts. Yes. I know I went a long no, way. <laughs> I, I was trying to find a quote. Um, that I saw the other day. It's by Vody Bauckham. And he says, it amazes me that we believe this, that God would crush and kill his own son, mm. but let you slide. Mm. That, if that's any kind of way to kind of sum up what we just talked about, that, that's it. Yeah. Because the, the, that's what grace is, that God's gift to us is that Christ has taken on the wrath, the punishment for sin. Yeah. So that we don't have to. Absolutely. Now, there's yes. two kinds of grace, and we can get into that conversation if we want to, but um, I think that's for another day, right? It'll make people's heads hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, there's the common grace and then the specific grace to the believer mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So everybody in the world experiences some kind of grace. Yes. You know, everybody experiences the gift of life that has lived on this world, the breath, health, prosperity, all of these things, like, getting to have affections with their their families, that is grace from the Lord that allows us to do that. And, Marriage is a common grace of God. Yeah. Like the and fact that He's created us for community. The fact that we're not instantly punished for our sin, that's God's grace. Slow, And the Bible speaks to that, of that He's not weak, but He's slow to anger, yeah. and He's patient with us. You yes. know? So if you're hearing this podcast and you don't know Christ um, and you're living in sin... Hey, it's not that God's weak and it's not that yesterday he didn't punish your sin because he just, ah, uh, God's not real. No, God is real. And there will be a day where all sin will be punished fully. Yeah. And either you have trusted in Christ and your sin has been paid for, or either you have not trusted in him and you will pay for your sin. Yep. Yep. Mike made the point that grace covers us yes. Sunday. And that that is Christ covering us. And taking our debt there. Mm-hmm. And so the next thing that I want us to look at about grace is what does grace do to us? How does it change us as people, as believers? How, what does that do for us? 
um, when we experience grace. I think, you want me to go first? Yeah. I think that like, so how does grace change us? That's kind of the premise of the question. Like, obviously, I think it's from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's something that is done. Like we are circumcised at the heart. God cuts us. He reveals to us himself. He shows us our depravity. He he helps us to see clearly. You know, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is uh, his role. One of the roles that he has uh, within the Godhead is to cause us to have right judgment about who Jesus is. And so when we're changed from the inside, um, it's, it's the Holy Spirit who is beginning to cut at our heart and change our heart and allow us to see Christ for who he really is and our need for him. And I... I, I I had somebody tell me around a dinner table one night, uh, he, he quoted to me uh, Philippians 2, 13, and it says this, God who works in you both to will, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He says there's two things in that verse. There's an indicative, which is the fact. It's a fact. It is God who works in you. That's the indicative. Then there's the imperative. For you to, and it's both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, our imperative, our command, so God works in us now, we must respond to him in faith and obey him. Yeah. So, it's just working from the inside out. And just one more 2 Corinthians 7 1 says this since we have these promises, now let's stop right there for a second. Paul has just laid out in chapter uh, 6 some of these promises that God tells us, like he's going to indwell us. Uh, that he's going to walk among us. He's going to be our God. He will that we will be his people. He welcomes us. He is a father to us, and we are his sons and daughters. That's the indicative. That is what is stated over us. It's a fact for those who are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now the imperative is this: Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. That's our response. So it's this inner working, and then it comes out through our fingertips. Mm -hmm. Like I like I like that image there, you know. Like it's this inner working of God; He's doing this in us, and our theology, our understanding of what He's doing, begins to work out through our fingertips. So we do things different. We obey Him, mm -hmm. you know. You know, it's like the Scripture speaks to this too. What's in the heart comes out the mouth, mm -hmm. but it, what's in the heart is also going to come out in everything else as well. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about, like grace, infiltrates everything about our lives. I love that word, infiltrate. Just, he, he takes over, man. The way, yeah, it's that's exactly the way that it should be thought about too. Um, there's a passage in Second Corinthians. I'm not going to read it specifically. You can look it up. Those of you that are listening, that's in Second uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse fourteen, and basically it's talking about the fact that we are captives of Christ, that we are now belonging to Him. That is a grace in and of itself, the fact that we belong to Christ. Because you mentioned it a minute ago, before Jesus, before salvation in our lives, we were slaves to sin. Mm -hmm. We we were we belonged to the kingdom of darkness, of sure. the world, however you want to put that. And somebody may not agree with that, that they belong to the kingdom of darkness. But if you don't belong to the kingdom of light, what kingdom do you belong to? Right. And so... For us, this this passage, it made me think about that, that grace, Jesus, has come in, won the victory, and we are now his captives. That that passage, it says that Christ leads us in triumphal procession. Mm -hmm. So in these times, like, what they would do is the people that they would capture in victory, they would put them in, like, a wagon or something, and they would parade them around 
the city. It's like the spoils. Yeah, and it's like, hey, look at who we've won. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful picture. Like, I, I wish y'all could see my face right now because <laughs> Christ has won us. Yeah. That is grace that Jesus has defeated darkness, death for all of eternity. He's defeated sin and he has won us and yeah. we are now his captive. Mm-hmm. That verse goes on and says that through us, we spread the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. That's what you're just it's getting working at. out of our fingertips. Like, yes. He has yeah. won us, and now the world sees his victory through us. That's right. In the Old Testament, when God called Israel, his people, he started it with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, mm-hmm. and then Jacob had the 12 sons, and the 12 sons became the nations. And yeah. these people of Israel were called to be a blessing to all nations, that they were supposed to be a priesthood that the whole world saw and it looked back to Jesus. How grace changes us is that in the same way that Israel was supposed to be a blessing to the world, now so are we. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be a blessing to the world that when people see us, they see Christ in us. That's right. They don't see... I've always put it like this, that I want to be like a moon to the sun, mm. that Christ is the sun and I'm a moon. And so the light that comes off of me, in case you guys didn't know that, I'm giving you a scientific fact today. <laughs> the moon has no light of itself. It's a reflector. It is a reflection of the sun. Yeah. That's what I want my life to be. Absolutely. And grace does that. Grace positions us to be in a place where the the image of the sun is reflected off of us. Yeah. And the world gets to experience him yeah. through us. That's right. Like grace humbles us. Mm-hmm. And and I think that when we are humbled, no longer do we put ourselves forward. We put Christ forward. And 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 he's the one who's leading us. Like you just said and read in that scripture, triumphal procession. You know? Yeah. That's really, really neat. One thing I think, too, when you were talking about this, like we sometimes can have a view that humanity can be kind of neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're we're just kind of in this middle ground. That's so far from the truth. You said it a minute ago. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or you're either in the kingdom of light. And the only way you're going to be in the kingdom of light is if God has placed you there through faith in Christ, his son, and what he's done for you. And uh, I think sometimes that... We need to be reminded there that there is no neutrality. So, like when we're looking at we're looking out into our culture, gay marriage. We I, I call it gay mirage. I don't think it's it's <laughs> not it's not even real. You know, like it's not a thing. Mar- gay marriage is not even a thing. Um, I think through like uh, sex trafficking, all this stuff that the world is pushing back on. Going, hey, you're paranoid. You're not thinking right about these things. No, we are thinking right. Christ has opened our hearts and our minds to understand things. And now we have to be this fragrance that is going throughout and permeating and disseminating. All that means is this. It's spreading out everywhere into the culture at large. You know, one thing I think that has happened in our culture is that the church has kind of taken a back seat. Like even think about like movies and things in general. Like I remember like when Facing the Giants came out. Dude, that movie's like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, praise the Lord for people who want to do that stuff, but like the the quality of it, my point is this, that we take a backseat to culture and are always just trying to to nudge up to it to make our stuff look good enough or be attractive enough. We need to take over these places. Mm -hmm. We need to be the fragrance of Christ in the movie industry. We need to be the fragrance of Christ in your small businesses. We need to be the fragrance of Christ everywhere we go and everything that we do, not thinking that we need to be hands-off from the world in the sense of like, oh, we can't go and take that over. No, it says right here, 
We are the fragrance of God. Where is it? Where is it? Of the knowledge of Him every, everywhere. So like no matter where we are, this is this grace working in us and now out of us to win the culture for Christ. Yeah. He's the king of this world. Let's, he's leading us in triumphal procession. Let's go. Yeah. Now everywhere we go, we are an ambassador of a different kingdom. Yes. We are ambassadors. Like I like movies that are made in like the golden age or whatever you want to call it where they would fight with swords and shields and all this kind of stuff. The Bronze Age. Bronze Age, yeah. <laughs> Whatever right it is. <laughs> I mean, any of those. Like, I love, like, those movies like Troy and 300 and stuff like that. They're just... Gladiator. Uh, yeah, just Gladiator. Great movies, That's right? Great movie. I love movies like that because of the the what it shows about kingdoms and how they would stand yeah. and things like that. Um, now, there are some other shows that have to do with that stuff that I... Or movies that I, I will not watch oh, just absolutely. because of content that yeah. is in them. you got to be careful. Yeah, and so there's these, it shows these movies, but what I'm trying to get at is they send messengers to different kingdoms. They're, whenever one kingdom is trying to send a message to another, they send a specific messenger with a, an envoy with them. Or sometimes they go alone and they, they stand at the gate and they shout the message and they can accept it or not. And then they go back on their way. Like they are an ambassador of a kingdom with a specific calling mission that they've been given. Some of us have been called to be the people who are sent out to go speak that gospel. All of us are in one sense, but then you look at like the missionary side of it, right? Yeah, it works itself out in different yeah. avenues. Yeah. yeah. And so I just I thought that was a cool thing. But again, cool. how does grace change us? Continuing on with that, you mentioned this a, a minute ago, and I wanted to touch on it too. It opens our hearts to see what God is doing. Yeah. Apart from grace, we're not going to be sensitive to the work of God mm. at all. Mm. Like we're going to be, in fact, numb to it. Yeah. Like or or either indifferent to it. Yeah. Or I guess that is numb, but yeah. like or hated. You know? I think I heard John Piper a long time ago. Man, this was a long time ago. He was preaching on uh being changed. And he talked about how God gives us new uh, taste buds to, yeah. to taste and eyes to see that he is good. You know, Jesus said, those who have ears to hear, and I pray this over our church, God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see, you know, yeah. um, and hearts to receive your word with joy today. Like apart from the Holy Spirit illuminating us, man, we don't want it. Yeah. We don't want the words of God. We don't want the things of God. And I think the grace that God gives us like you're saying, and and we'll just we'll just reiterate it over and over, but it 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 causes our eyes and hearts and minds to be able to see the things that God is doing, and want to and want to join in on those things. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Piper just a second ago, and I had this quote that I found from him that he kind of defines grace in this way. He says, "Grace is an influence, force, power." or an acting of God that works in us to change our capacities for work and suffering and obedience. Mm. Like the way that we see the world is different whenever we experience grace. Mm. Um, it's Grace changes the way that we operate at our jobs, in our friend groups, on social media. Yeah. This is something, who we are virtually sp spills out into who we are in reality. Yeah. And so 
grace, what it what it allows us to do whenever we experience it, is it allows us to disagree with somebody or not love what they're doing or not love what they've said and still love them. Mm-hmm. Like There was a time when I was on Twitter. I don't have Twitter anymore. And I... Twitter's like the news space. It's how you get news a lot well, of the time. There's not Twitter about. anymore. It's, it's called X. X. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would get so mad at people for having these crazy opinions about things. Mm-hmm. I like I could feel it in my heart and I would just get so frustrated at the fact that how can you believe things like this? Grace allows me to read and understand that they have different viewpoints than me and I can still love them. I can still show them yeah. the love that Christ has shown me. Like, I think a lot of people, they miss that in the fact that, like on social media, we're you know, all keyboard warriors, right? And so we'll, we'll say something to somebody on social media, but we will never talk to them in person. Yeah. I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think it would be aggressive social media was gone. <laughs> oh, man, I too. But I think part of our lives um, is the fact that we're supposed to be personal people. And when we're, we allow our communication or relationships to be developed virtually, we take away some of that grace. And yeah. when, in fact, we ruin some of that grace because we're so confident online versus in person. Yeah, and I think, too, like, so g- some of what we do imitates and, and, and mimics what God has done for us. So, like, what we should do mimics. So, like... God has come to us while we were in our sin. Mm-hmm. God, who is perfectly holy, perfectly right, perfectly righteous in all that He does, He came to us while we were not holy, not right. We weren't thinking the right way. We weren't living the right way. We couldn't live the right way. We were dead. Yeah. He came to us. In the same way, we should go to yep. those who don't think right according to the Scripture who don't live right according yeah. to the scripture. We share the gospel with them. But the thing that makes us makes God different than us is that He can go to them and perfectly be able to save them and pull them out of that situation. You and I cannot do that. Yeah. But we do carry that message that can. Mm-hmm. And so if we stay at an arm's length, um, and that's why I, if we stay at an arm's length, then we're not doing um we're we're not being obedient to the Lord and we're not doing justice to the gospel because we pray let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does that happen? The gospel has to go forth. Yeah. Has to. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't just take a back seat. We don't sit back and wait for things, just the Lord to come take us home. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to be proactive, taking the message of the gospel, this working in to out in us, this grace. And... Uh, I think a lot of the times we just kind of sit back and don't mimic the Lord and the way that He's come for us. We just yeah. kind of sit back and take a back seat. Yeah. Um, and like we talked about last week, we're the means by which the gospel goes forth in the world. Mm-hmm. It's the message. It's how it works. Yeah, so I guess the, that kind of segues into our final question today is what do we do with grace now? Now that we've experienced it, now that we have it, now that we are Christ's triumphant procession, right? All of these things. What do we do with grace now? And that, we've kind of touched on it already, is the fact that we let it infiltrate. Again, there's your word. We let it infiltrate everything that we do in our lives. We are gracious with our homes. We're gracious with our friends. We're gracious with our words. We're gracious at our jobs, even when we don't want to be. Even when we don't want to be. And there's times that I don't want to be gracious. You know? Yeah, Yeah. And that might be 
something that I'm not supposed to say. But, I mean, there are times, it's honest, and it's the sinful part of my nature inside of me. Christ is still working on me, sanctifying me. Yeah, yeah, Thank, yeah. Thanks be to God that he's doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what we do with grace now is that we show the world who God is by those means in the mm-hmm. way that he showed us. Yeah. It, it, it ha- there has to be a, a humbling of ourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think we don't, compart- we don't compartmentalize the gospel in our life. What I, yeah. mean, what I mean by that is like yeah. we don't just take it to some places. Like, it's everywhere. Absolutely. It's everywhere everywhere yeah. we go, we are the, you know, what does it say? How blessed are the feet of those who carry the good news? Like we carry the good news everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Our, we, we don't compartmentalize it. We don't just have a church. I don't have a church powers and then a home powers and then uh, go to the mall different kind of powers and or go to the movies different kind of powers like I, I'm powers who is saved by Christ I'm a new creation and I'm the same whether I'm at the movies I'm the same whether I'm in my house I'm the same whether I'm at church I'm the same whether I'm at the ballpark whether I'm on the football field like everything about me now is identified in Christ that's the indicative the imperative is that now I work that out through my fingertips to my fellow man. I love them. I help them. And it's all by God's grace because, like you said a minute ago, man, there's times where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to sing today. (laughs) You know, like there's times where I'm just like, Sometimes I I don't want you to sing. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly. (laughs) I bet there's a lot of folks at our church like, man, we got to hear his voice again. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) That's funny. But, like, there's times, though, where we don't want to do the things that God has called us to do. Yeah. Whether it's, like, our vocation working here. There's times, remember, we're just, like, tired and we don't want to pour out. Yeah. You know? Um, there's times where we feel like uh, we're pouring out nonstop, but nobody thinks to pour back into us, you know? Like, there's times where we all feel that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm charged with being an ambassador. So, therefore, I don't have the right to my own life anymore. Yeah. He owns me. Therefore, everywhere I go, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm eating, whether I'm drinking, I'm doing it for the glory of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, what we do with grace now is that we drink from the never-ending well of God's power. That's right. We operate in His strength, Mm -hmm. not ours. We've both kind of been getting around this passage in 2 Corinthians where he says, to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Right. Like... We operate in God's strength because our weakness is good enough for Him. Mm-hmm. And, and and Paul says, "I boast in my weakness because when I when I am weak, then He is strong, or that I am strong. His His power, Paul says, when I'm weak, rests upon me. Yeah. And so if I'm boastful in myself and I think I can carry this, then the power of the Lord's not going to rest on me. Mm-hmm. That's when the burnout. That's when the the not wanting to do things." when we're operating kind of under our own power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we need that secondary whoever to encourage us. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. that's that's essential being part of being part of the body is that somebody comes and encourages. But for the most part, operating in grace is operating under the power of God mm-hmm. and allowing Him to be the lead. Like, He fuels the vehicle. That's Again, right. grace is the vehicle, but grace is also the fuel yeah. that gets us going. Yeah. Grace is what powers our lives. Mm-hmm. And if... As a believer, if we're not operating under grace, we're going to 
we're going to burn out. We're going to fall flat. Yeah. And so, and I think too, like one thing I just want to encourage our listeners with our church family, whoever's listening to this, um, that to live out the purpose of God in your life, to let your, to let this grace work in, uh, in you and then out from you to others. Listen, if you're a mom and you cook breakfast, breakfast for your children, you doing that for the glory of Christ is is grace working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, husbands, you loving your wife and uh, holding her hand and being there for her and helping her raise the children and, and, and leading your families well, that is the grace of God working out in your life. You're at work and you're... You're working and you're doing things and you're doing your job and you're doing it to the best of your ability and, and you're doing it well. That is God's grace working out in your life. It, so my point is this. It doesn't have to be this grandiose, I'm packing up my bags and I'm going to Africa and I'm going to go serve on mission for the glory of God. That's wonderful and praise God people do it. But he doesn't call everybody to that. So if he's called you to be faithful at your job and to be faithful to your wife and to be faithful to your children, that is God's grace. Yep working out in your life. We'll say, I'll say it one more time like we did in the last one. The ordinary means God uses to glorify himself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the last thing, the last verse I want to read, and then I'm done pretty much is James 4, 6. He says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Mm -hmm. so grace is operating under the power of God. And when you do that, you're saying, God, I'm not enough, and I need you, and that's humility at work. Yeah. God gives more grace to the humble, to the person who says, God, I need you. God, will you do? Will you take care of this? God, I'm operating in under your power because I'm not good enough. That's right. He gives more grace. That's right. Amen. So, so that's – you got anything else? Nope. Me neither. <laughs> so – Cool. This has been another episode of View from the Hill. We hope you guys have enjoyed this. If you have, um, let us know in the comments on Facebook. Give us a review on Apple or Spotify. Share it with a friend who you think may need to hear it. Thanks for you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.